Hello and welcome to the Trippin' Yotes podcast. We're alive. We're doing well. We just had Thanksgiving. But before we get into all that, before we get into this good episode we got planned for you, let me introduce the boys. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well. I'm happy to be back. I was we were we were excited to get back in here. It's like it's like we like we talked every day the, the past three three months. We 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 no no nothing lost here in this conversation right before the pod. I'm happy to be back. It's exciting to talk to you guys again. Um a lot of Coyotes hockey to talk about tonight, so I'm, I'm excited. What about you guys? Looking yeah, forward um, to this. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to talking hockey. It's been it's been a while since we've had a chance to record and just shoot the shit with you boys. So let's go. Very excited, Chase. Doing right over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had some crazy life stuff, death and family and stuff like that going on. So been interesting times, but uh excited to get back on and talk some hockey with you boys. And yeah, but uh other than that, doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. I went to a Kyrie's game recently. Um we'll get to that later in the episode. I you know had a good Thanksgiving with the family. Uh but yeah, ready to talk hockey with you guys. Been been a, quite a long time. But and I just want to do a disclaimer for those out there that this episode was made by Haynes. So if you don't like it, complaint department at the end of the episode. So maybe a complaint box. We have a complaint box. So give him all the hate mail. This one wasn't on me this time. So <laughs> uh, all right. So first on the docket here, written by again Haynes, not me. Uh, we have a brief recaps of these teams' handful of games. You know, it's been a bit of a season. I know. Uh, we had some high expectations there, and it hasn't really turned out to be what we thought, um, to say the least. But, Haynes, since you're the writer of this, why don't you go ahead and break this uh, first topic for us? Get into it. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Um, it, this has been a weird one. I mean, I know Granny's going to have a lot to say here. This, the first just kind of handful we've seen here. I mean, first week of the season, we saw a team that, I mean, honestly, anything that we've seen this year is better than what we've seen the last two years from this team. And the first week was first week of the season looked like we really got a glimpse of a Coyotes team that really had a lot more fight in them. I mean, you're talking about a close one against the Islanders, close one against the Rangers opening night win against the devils. The Coyotes look good to start the season. They looked really good. I mean, you had guys firing all in Cooley off to a hot start. Honestly, Kel's picking up right where he left off. Schmaltz having a great season and all that. Everything looked great, but in the last few weeks, it's changed. I mean, more than the last few weeks, it's it's really changed pace, and it starts with, I mean, Austin, as we'll all mention here, defensive woes. I mean, <sighs> this team has looked really, really bad defensively, and I'm going to let Granny get more in-depth in it because I know he has more of the offensive side to mention here with the defense, but, I mean, for a team that we knew from the beginning of the season did not have a very deep defensive Oh, very deep defensive cork on the season. It's now starly. It's now finally starting to get exposed and revealed. And man, is it, it is it metaphorically hitting a fan right now? I mean, it's it's pretty bad. But I'll, I'll let Granny here talk about some more because I know he's got a little bit more in depth on that. Yeah, it's just see for me. We you brought up the whole uh, not what we expected and. I think that right there is what the problem with the season was, is the expectations were just too high coming into the season. It, you're not going to go from a bottom feeder team to 
a playoff team overnight. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, and we're starting. We're seeing that this is a far, far better team than we've iced in the last three, four seasons. But it still has its issues. It still has its gaping holes, especially defensively. Um, I love the pairing of uh, J.J. Moser and Sean Jersey, but to me, that is a really, really good second pair on a contending team, not your top pair. And Jersey showed it again in this game against the Golden Knights where he just... He has those defensive issues that he'd really struggle on a top pair with. He's still a really good defenseman. He's really good at creating offense, and Moser is the perfect defenseman for him because he's so good defensively. But it's just, it's got its own set of weaknesses that I don't know if it will ever be that top pairing on a good team. Um, for centers, Cooley has had an electrifying start to the season point-wise, has looked really good at creating offense at times. Other times he's been nearly invisible, and he's had a lot of issues with turning the puck over with soft passes or crazy no-look passes. Again, all of this is to be expected. None of this wasn't... None of this should have been, well, what's happening here? Why is happening? This is all stuff that should have been expected at the start of the year. Um, it, we're still, we still need to stockpile some talent and we still need to add to this pool and add to this core before we're truly competing for the playoff spots. But um, I just, I, overall, we're right where, we're right where we should be. We're not going to be on the theater team, but we're, not probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year, but we're going to be close to it, kind of that middle of the pack, right around the 10th pick team, which is a huge improvement over what the last couple of seasons have been. So it's just, I think we just need to come to odds, reset reality, and realize this is what the team is. It's not the playoff bound team that there was quite a bit of expectation for it at the start of the year. But boys, got anything you want to say to that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with your your points and stuff like that. Um, you know, I remember doing like a season preview, well, you know, a while back now. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, the ceiling for this team was always possibly a fringe battling for a playoff spot. But reality was that, you know, it's – you know, probably, you know, going to miss out um, and stuff like that, which, you know, then brings up trade deadline questions and, and things of that nature. So, um, but yeah, I mean, from, you know, what I've watched, um, you know, there's some flashes of uh, awesome offensive skill and talent plays, which is something so rare for the Coyotes to ever have. So I'm thrilled with that. But yeah, defensively, I mean, even as, you know, a five-man defensive unit. I mean, we're just not, we're not good there. Um, <clears throat> although I'm happy with the progress that we've made and uh, happy to have, you know, some actual offensive firepower. Um, 
I haven't been nearly as frustrated with like the turnovers and, and stuff like that just because of, you know, the things that, you know, those plays can produce at times. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword there, but, uh, you know, have an offensive hockey out here in the, in the desert of Arizona is rare. So I'm happy for it. Um, and I think we're still on track though. Um, you know, like you said, um, you know, probably not going to be in the playoffs or, you know, fighting, you know, close to one of those last spots. Um, but I mean, you're exactly right that the, the team is night and day, um, you know, the best team that we've iced over the past three, three seasons or so. Um, so I like that and, you know, progress is being made and, you know, I think it's going to continue to, you know, be made, uh, kind of the proof is in the pudding here. Um, you know, we're going in the right direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're probably, you know, just a couple more seasons away. And I think once these, uh, young guys mature a little bit and take on a bigger load, um, you know, that we'll be, we'll be right there, you know, uh, contending and, you know, hopefully a couple seasons time, but, um, that's pretty much all I've got to say on, you know, the early season stuff. If I may, Haynes, um, I'll push my experience at Mull a little bit higher up just to emphasize my point here, if that'd be okay. I know you wrote this one yeah. to make sure it's okay. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously this team has struggled. I know, I know the, the, uh, you know, what granny said to me and you nailed it. Grandy, you actually, you boys really killed that one. Um, definitely night and day difference. I mean, even seeing in person, it, it was definitely just seeing someone like Logan Cooley in a Coyotes jersey was just enough of like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this season may not be going the way we want. It may be disappointing to some or right on nose for others. It's still amazing this team has what it has. It's the blueprints are there. We at least have the foundation of the house on the ground. It, it you know, it, it's not perfect. We had to change a few pieces or whatever. But what we're getting, this is definitely the best team I've seen play live in a very long time. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a team this talented, um, if I've ever seen one this talented, play personally. So, that being said, you know, um, I think as long as our main core develops, get some good experience this year, learn some lessons, build some chemistry, you know, I think we'll be okay. You know, it ain't, it ain't over yet. Um, so exciting things are happening, though, so... So what is your boys' thoughts on the newcomers? Specifically Thursday, uh Thursday, Dumba and Zucker. Hey, let me say this about Dumba. Dumba should be flipping burgers, first of all. Um that's just a plain and simple fact. Um Dursey's awesome. I like him. Um and Zucker, yeah, he's cool too. This Dumba needs to flip burgers. That's for sure. That's one thing I can say confidently. Haynes, any thoughts on the newcomers? Uh, I mean, we kind of broke it down some. Dumba, I mean, I mean, you said best grand. I mean, you said too, Tyler. I mean, Dumba was one of those signs where I think too many people are giving him too many excuses on why he's looked bad. I mean, I've had some conversations with Kyrie's fans, and I wrote an article about it. And, you know, I think too many people are trying <laughs> to give him a pass and all that of the seasons. I mean, go and look at the metrics. Like I told y'all, I mean, go look at the metrics beyond the five normal stat line. You're going to see this guy is bad. I mean, his numbers, his stats, I mean, they're almost, and I'm not trying to be rude here. They're almost laughable. I mean, it is pretty bad. How bad he looks. He looks worse this year than he probably has last three years in Minnesota. Um, 
it's just it. I mean, there's not really much more you can say there. I mean, it, there's a reason he's a scratch, and I say that with air quotes holding up right now. That he's a scratch tonight. Um, in terms of some of the other signings, I mean, also you bring back some guys like Stetcher and 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 Bukestad, and you know, Stetcher's had some struggles this year, but he's been all right for the most part. Bukestad's been pretty good in his comeback. Um, in terms of the newer guys, I'd say some of the bigger guys. Um, Zucker's. I mean. Zucker is one, like we said, Granny, he's a guy who's near the end of his career who's here because he is a guy we could get to come here on a good deal. I mean, a guy who, you know, he's looking at this as an opportunity that, you know, I could put some points up here. I could play with some young guys. I could, you know, help help mentor the next stage of the Kites players coming in. So the Zucker acquisition, the Zucker sign, I never had an issue with. I like the Zucker sign. I thought it was a good one. I was never really the biggest fan of the Dumbo one coming in, and... I'm honestly glad the Coyotes signed him to a one-year deal just because even if you can't move him at the deadline, you, you really only got to get to a year with it, and, and you can move on. Jason, anything to add before I get into it? Uh, honestly, no. Um, you guys, uh, I mean, Haynes pretty much grabbed it, nailed it right on the head, so... I'm I'm good to go over here. So if you listen to our season preview episode, our last episode, I know it's been a long time, but you'll hear me talk very hesitantly about Dumba. And that's because, well, Arizona Coyotes fans were excited that Dumba was signing here. We were not the most excited fan base that I knew. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do live up in Minnesota. And it was almost a day of celebration that when he signed, because it meant he wasn't coming back to the wild. He had his fans, like every player does up here, but he was overall just not liked at all. And yeah, a lot of the issues he has down in Arizona are the same issues he had in Minnesota. And he doesn't have the same support staff he had in Minnesota to make up for it. But again, for the rest of them, Jersey, Jersey's been an amazing addition at a second-round pick. He has defensive woes. He has some turnover issues. But the offense he creates, the power play juice him and Cooley have been able to inject into it has been well worth the price of admission. Um, especially when you compare him with such a, a rock-solid, steady guy like J.J. Moser. It's been truly, a, it's been great. I think it's been a great addition. And then Zucker, though he hasn't been healthy much, I thought has been a really strong addition too. He helped Cooley break into the NHL, and um, yeah. So our additions, I would say, are two out of three, and that's that's not that bad for an NHL offseason, in all honesty. But if we want, if we're ready to move on, I'm ready. All right, good to hear. So, I guess we'll talk about the. Uh, I think I briefly mentioned it, and I think maybe Chase did too. Uh, Logan Cooley. I mean, exciting. Uh, I think I've seen a pretty good amount of Cooley gear out there in the wild. But Chase, oh, we didn't, we didn't touch on, we didn't touch on Hayden. So I do want to touch on that before we move on too much. Well, yeah, um, I, was trying, I was trying to leave that for uh, its own separate sub. 
project. All right. All right. Well, so you're talking about Hayton then. He's injured. Okay. Uh, people are kind of pushing the panic button, but should we be pressing the panic button? Haynes, I know you think you wrote some on this. I believe if my <coughs> written, not written by me notes are correct. Yes. Uh, I, you, you guys want me to go first? You want Grant, Grant, do you want to tackle it first? Uh, Grant, you go first. Okay. Go, go I go first. Uh, yep. um, yes, I did write about this. Shamelessly, I will plug my article here. I did write about Hayden's struggles. Um, that was actually the night before he scored his first goal of the season. So I don't know if reading that like sparked it. I mean, honestly, since then, he scored one goal since then. And also, he's out for the next few weeks with an injury. Um, I would say I'm a little upset with how Hayden's done this year. But at this point in my career, no offense to him, it's almost expected, I feel like, at this point. I mean, Hayton has been one of those picks that has been heavily scrutinized since he was picked overall by John Chica. I mean, he was a guy in that draft in which, where he went in. Most people did not have him until maybe the 11th or the 12th best North American skater, and he went fifth. Uh, honestly, we don't scout these guys. The guy you saw something like a little bit more in him. But Hayden has had an up-and-down career in the NHL. We have seen that since he's arrived in Arizona. He's also spent time in the HL, where he has not really flourished either. Um, last year looked like we finally were going to see maybe the turnaround. Maybe Torini had finally broke to him, gotten to him, broke through him, gotten in and all that. And he looked great at the end of the year. I was optimistic, but I was also at the same time not very – I was very skeptical of him starting the season as high as he did just – Seeing as how he has never really started off hot in his career in any year, I was very hesitant that he was going to do it again coming into the season. Um, I didn't think he was going to go on as cold of a streak as he did again. I would feel like on a night in which you're playing with arguably two of the Coyotes' best forwards, if not their best forwards, and, and Schmaltz and Keller, I would thought you would have seen Olivia a little bit more. I mean, he does everything right. He crashes the net. He gets in front. He plays in those dirty areas. You like that about him, and I like that he does that. He just doesn't seem, I mean, he's crashing and he gets physical and he does it. I wish I'd see more out of him. I mean, it's great that you're doing that. That's a big part of hockey. But when you're playing a line like this and you have these guys that can set you up, I feel like we don't see him shoot the puck enough. And I feel like that hurts his own self-confidence because he lets himself get in his own head. Um, honestly, you know, I mean, he's injured right now. I'm hoping when he comes back, you know, he can hit a spark and get a spark in the bottle lightning moment there. But I mean, it, it's it's tough to see. I mean, a lot of injuries have hurt this team so far. Seeing Hayden struggle again, it's just, it sucks because it's a guy I want to see succeed, but watching him struggle every year is just, I feel for him, and I feel bad about Ryan for him. I mean, it, being a player and you see these things, you don't want to keep reading about how you're struggling and all that, and I, I know it's weighing on him too, but man, I mean, you got to think that at the point now where, where Armstrong has a clock ticking on him, and it's... It's an either you got to prove something here or we're going to move on. It's it's not it's not where it's called. It's not really that. It, it, I mean that it's pretty obvious at this point. I mean it's got to be to the point where now it's where he's got to put up or shut up at this point. And from what I've seen, I would honestly not be surprised if the Coyotes were to look in a different direction come the end of his contract. So one thing I want to say with Hayton is. You're absolutely right. His offensive struggles have been stark. You should be putting up more as the center on the first line thing with the team's two best offensive forwards. But one thing that's been really noticeable ever since he's gone down with injury is, and this is just my opinion, but mm -hmm. the Cooley-Keller-Schmaltz line does not work. No. It does not work. They do not 
have that guy that can crash the the, the net like Hayden does. They do not have the guy that can uh, crash the board like Hayden does. They don't have that guy that can do all of that stuff like Hayden did on the, that line. Um, Hayden might be underperforming, but he's still a better fit for that line than anything we have on the team right now. Cooley's uh, going to be an amazing player, but he's not ever going to be that type of player. So, either Maltz needs to be replaced on that line, and they need to get uh, somebody that can crash and bang and do that kind of stuff, or Cooley needs, or Hayton needs to go back there when he comes back. It's part of, again, where I said the expectations just aren't there. Once this team becomes good, Peyton, in all honesty, should be a third-line center on this team. Once this team is truly competing for playoff spots. But right now, he is our best answer for the center combo between Keller and Schmaltz. Uh, I agree. And that, that's part of, like I said, that's part of just what our over-expectations were on this season. I hope he turns it around, and I hope when he comes back healthy that we see a uptick in his offense because he does need to produce more out of that spot. But I think I think fans have been overly harsh on him and overly negative on him to, in, to almost an extreme because it's been, like I said, it's been night and day since he's been hurt. But well, what do you guys do? You have a rebuttal to that, Hayes, or Hayes? I actually have that. I have a question to end to answer your question. Actually, if that's okay, if Hayes, let's do, let's say your last thoughts. Of course, Hayes. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. No, okay, perfect. Oh, uh, so. oh, 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 you uh, you were saying if I had any last thoughts? No, no, no. I agree. I agree with Granny. I definitely Thanks. agree with Granny there. I mean, I definitely think. I mean, with Geeky looking as good as he does right now and Cooley honestly being the guy for the future, I mean, yes. I mean, I definitely see – I mean, and Nate Smith tearing it up right now in the H.I. I definitely think when this team is healthy and competitive, <clears throat> Bear Hayden falls as a third-line center of this team. That's if he's even still here by that time, depending on where management stands with them and what he's done going that going forward. But, yes, what, definitely, Tyler, let's hear – I want to hear what you got to say. So, is – how my phrases obviously I'm I'm taking a bit of a leap here and I'm I'm trying to think of how to phrase this here. Uh, it made sense in my head, it's one of those questions. Uh, and no I'm not drunk. But are the is is Hayton overhated in a similar slash perhaps same if you're insane way that Keller was? Does that make sense? It makes sense yeah, more sense in my head. I promise it's not a stupid question, but as long as you understand. Can I elaborate real fast and see? Are you saying, yeah. it, are we viewing like when Hayton, when Keller had his first year and then he, you know, he had his two or three years where he really struggled? Are we viewing it the same way as in, are we not giving up hope on Hayton, but are we viewing his situation yes. kind of yes. like how Keller struggled? Yes. I'll let Granny go first. I definitely have my thoughts on that question. I'll let Granny Perfect. go first for sure, though. Okay, glad you got it. So, thank you, thank you. so yes and no at the same time. As in, yes, he's being overhated because a lot of what he does is stuff that flies under the radar. A lot of what he does 
the stuff that doesn't show up on the score sh- on the stat sheet. Um, so he's going to be overhated because, well, he's not producing points on the first line. Let's get somebody on that first line that can produce points. On the other hand, Keller had shown flashes and had shown signs that he had that skill. And it was far more than just a three-month stretch. Peyton, all we've seen is a three-month stretch where he's produced points at a really good level. Outside of that three months, he's been horrible at producing points at the NHL level. So, yes, he's overhated because he is a quality NHL player who will play a key role on this team if we keep him and if he's okay with settling for that third-line role, if he's okay playing his role. No, in that when you drafted him fifth overall, there was absolutely, absolutely higher expectations than what he's produced. And I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who can carry his line offensively. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who can be even the second best option offensively on a line. I think he's going to be a guy who. Well, yeah, it's just your third line center puts up 40 ish points a year, plays really good all around game. Well, so, so it's it's a tricky situation because he's deserved some of it, but yes, a lot of it, especially this year, has been hundred. What you got, Hans? Yeah, I mean, Granny kind of hit it pretty good there. I mean. I would say yes and no. I feel like it's hard to judge him in the same oh. way of Keller just because I feel like in Keller's situation, I mean, honestly, at the time when Keller had bad back years, I feel like there was a lot more praise in where Keller went in the draft. I mean, they didn't reach going for Keller where they took Keller. They did. I mean, I feel like where they got Keller was at was perfectly where Keller was going to land. Um, I, I wasn't really worried after Keller's, you know, two or three years of some struggles and all that because I ultimately thought the way I viewed where he was drafted that he was ultimately going to figure it out. It, I felt like a lot had to do with the situation he was playing with, with Tockett's system wasn't benefiting his game. And honestly, with the change to Rini, we've seen that. In Hayton's situation, as I said, you know, he wasn't projected the fifth overall pick. The Kais jumped pretty high up to take him at five overall. So I think in his situation, do I think it, I would have expected him to struggle as bad as he has? No, but at the same time, to say that his situation is almost similar to Keller's, in my opinion. I think it's hard to do just because I feel like in the position they were taken and the skill, watching both guys play, I feel like there was less worry for Keller not figuring it out than because Keller, after you know, after his two or three bad years, since then Keller has also figured out his game and Keller has gone on to be great. Peyton is still seems to be in the rut every year. It seems like he he figures out near the end and then he's right back a square one when the season starts. But like Granny said, I don't feel like it's all on him. Because I feel like, yes, I mean, it is, it is tough for the organization. You, you know, you're projected to be the 12th overall pick, and the organization takes you at five. That's a lot on a kid to put him on saying, hey, we believe in you that much that we jumped up this high to get you. That's a lot on a kid's mental state. I mean, putting that on the kid, I mean, that's a lot of pressure on him. So, yes, I mean, I definitely think 
putting him in the situation he has, putting him where he is. I mean, it's definitely hurt him, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of hard to judge them both when Keller was able to right the wrongs while Peyton has still continuously been in this this ever never-ending <clears throat> loop of sorts. Another thing I want to point out, too, that's a key factor that I don't know how neither of us brought this up, but uh-huh. a lot of Keller's hate came from his contract. Yes. So. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Hayton doesn't have the same huge contract Keller did where it was clear he wasn't living up to his contract. Exactly. That was a good call. I forgot about that. It was definitely was Keller's yep. contract. That was the big play in there. Seven, what was it? Seven years, seven million. And I, I could see why a lot of, and that was after his first year they gave him that. So I could see why his, a uh, lot of people were very uh, iffy on that, uh, on that contract at the time. But honestly, you know, it it's played out, but yes, not not the case with with Hayton. All right. Well, thanks for answering that, boys. So now, be ready for Logan Cooley. Am I? Am I? Oh yeah. Good? All right. Perfect. Chase, you want to get this one started? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, this is probably the best prospect that we've ever had you know, <laughs> coming into the organization and stuff like that. So, um, you know, extremely high hopes here. And you've seen flashes of just absolute brilliance, um, you know, from um, putting up, you know, good amount of points as well, um, getting involved, uh, you know, in assists and, you know, making plays and stuff like that as well. Um, but he's just electric to watch man um you know like grandy kind of alluded to earlier he he does become invisible at times which is to be expected with uh this caliber of player um you know being a rookie and stuff like that just kind of finding his way in the nhl and the in the show and stuff um but man is it fun to watch i you know, have been like kind of racking my brain trying to even think if we've ever had anything quite like this, uh, you know, as far as like a young guy coming in. Um, obviously had some good offensive performers when the Yotes first moved to the desert way back when, but um, I, I just, I don't ever recall, you know, having somebody with this much upside skill, high ceiling, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's definitely exciting times ahead. Um, and obviously he's just going to continue to develop and get better as he gets more games played and stuff like that. But, um, I've, I've been impressed, um, you know, even in the preseason and stuff like that, um, you know, with, uh, with the plays that this kid can make, um, it's just crazy too, because some of the stuff that he tries to pull off, I mean, it just, it, I, I can't even I mean it takes a big ball bag I, I guess is what I'd say and um, obviously you're going to have some some stuff that fails or you know doesn't come to fruition but you live with that because of the plays that this kid can make and uh, it's just it's so cool to watch man I'm, I'm so excited to continue to watch him develop and um, you know be a hopefully a coyote for for the long haul for his entire career um, and you know continue to develop and you know as the core continues to mature and everything like that i think he's going to be a huge piece when we start uh you know being you know in contention for for playoffs and stuff like that here in a couple of years so i'm excited yeah 
me too. Like I said, so to see him live, it was a incredible experience. So, uh, Haynes, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about Logan Cooley, the man himself. The man, as, as the Caillou said, this is the best prospect in the NHL. Um, yep. Certainly won't piss off a lot of Blackhawks fans for saying that there. Um, Logan Cooley, I mean, this is, I mean, I, there is game parts of Logan Cooley's game I have loved, and there are parts of Logan Cooley's game I have not liked. And, and Granny might share the same with me here. I think Logan Cooley has been exciting. I mean, Logan Cooley is Honestly, was the the biggest acquisition this year. Was the biggest news was getting him. I know everybody loved the the Dumba signing, honestly, and and the Zucker signing. Cooley was the biggest one for me. Getting Logan Cooley here. I mean, a guy who you know after the arena deal went through. I mean, he was many people thought he was going back to Minnesota, and then last minute Keller kind of persuades him. He sees what's going on in the signings. He comes to Arizona. He in the first week of the season, he looked good. Three points in his first game. He he looks smart, and he still looks great in some games. I mean, he makes some passes that just blow my mind, how he's able to do some of the passes he does. He moves the puck so smoothly, so cleanly out there. You think he just fits in. Now, areas in which I've had some issues with this game is I feel like he almost falls into the same issue of what Michelli had last year. And I don't know if you'll say this, Granny, but I feel like he has – a tendency to want to pass the, the puck first. Puck. Uh, yes, he has a tendency to pass the puck and not shoot it, and that's what killed killed Michelli last year was not was trying to pass the puck. You have to shoot the puck if you want to score. If you want to create chances, you can't pass the puck. That's what killed Keller early in his career was his ability was his tendency to pass one and shoot. That's what killed Schmaltz. At points in Arizona, this tendency to pass the shoot. That's what killed Michelli last year. That's what's killed Cooley this year is you have to shoot the puck. No matter how good of a passer you are, and, and I know Tareen, he has said this to him, and he sat on for this reason, he needs to shoot the puck more if he wants to contribute more offensively than just trying. I understand he wants to be a team player, but you're a great guy on your own, man. You can score. If you have the lane, shoot the puck. Don't you don't need to drop it off. If you have the lane, everybody on the team is gonna feel, is gonna tell you the same thing as us. Shoot it, Randy. I'll let it go to you. I know exactly you're gonna vote off of this though. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent one of the biggest issues has been, and that is a large part of why this line combo of Keller Cooley Schmaltz is it's not a good one. It does not work because you have three guys that are all all looking the pass the puck first um we need somebody that's just willing to go out there and shoot the puck it's it can be frustrating at times watching Cooley pass up and it's funny you said that because as uh as we were talking about it as you were talking about it he passed up a golden opportunity where if he had shot the puck it's probably all in this golden night game. Just as we're sitting here talking about this very issue, it rears its ugly head. Uh, so yeah, he needs to shoot the puck. But all of that being said, he's been electrified with the puck on his stick. I think he just needs to go back to a role in between. I think the Zucker and Cody uh, line was great for him with that because it gave him two guys that were unafraid to shoot and two guys that could 
someone helped create space for him, and there's nobody on that Keller, Schmaltz, Cooley line to create space. It's just... We need Hayton back so we can put our lines back to how they should be. Because I don't want to see Travis Boyd back on the first line. But I also don't want to see this first line keep going. So we're going to have to get to the point where it's split up this first line and take our lumps with a not great center in between Keller and Schmaltz or break up the Keller-Schmaltz duo and put somebody that can create that space with those two because that has been part of Cooley's problem this year is he struggles when he doesn't play with that player, when he doesn't have the space. So I... uh, Yeah, that's just, uh, I have no fears for him in the future. I do want to say that, just like I didn't have fears with Michelli, and I don't have fears, or didn't have fears with Keller, and don't have fears with Michelli. I have no fears that Cooley will turn this around. The, this is a very common issue for rookies, especially rookies who have been playmakers their entire career come in with. So, let's just see, let's just watch his progression. Let's get excited and let's 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 cheer for what might be the single most skilled player the Coyotes have ever had. I'm here for it. I mean, it is still amaz- still amazes me. You know, after the I think uh, anti forgive me. Um, after the the vote turned down, he still came over here. I mean, he still chose to come play. It, it's exciting. I really am excited. So you guys nailed that subject. So. Uh, if we're ready, let's go ahead and talk about something that isn't doing so well, and one that is surprising. I, I know in our, uh, I'm a little bit of egg in my face on this one. Sorry to our folks over at the uh, Late Rivals podcast, but I said the Ducks would be the worst, and turns out they're doing pretty dang good. Uh, and the Sharks, we did predict that one accurately, but um, Grandy, if you, you will kind of elaborate here, what's going on in, in San Jose? What, what the heck is, I know, you know the recent sales and all that, but what, what do you think is their biggest problem right now? They don't have a team identity. I mean, they're a team full of veterans with a few young guys scattered amongst it who is just bad. They don't have a team identity, and they're in the start of a rebuild. That's what's going on. They are tanking. I mean, they tanked last year, too, so I shouldn't say a year too late. But, yeah, it's just it's it's a bad zone. The one that shocks me, Edmonton, what are you doing? What are you doing? How Setting can you up have Connor McDavid? Come to Arizona. <laughs> I mean, if we want someone <laughs> that's not afraid to shoot the puck, it's, it's Leon Draisaitl. Yeah. But yeah. how do you have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and play this bad? Oh, you have. They don't have defense. Don't have goaltending, and you can't say, "Oh, it's because they pay Connor McDavid and." Leon Dreisaitl this much money? No, because they pay. They have one of the most def- expensive defense cores in the league. They just paid the wrong people. They have expensive goaltending. They just paid the wrong people. It's not because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's that Ted Holland. Absolutely. 100%. Really sucks at his job. Yeah, as a part-time Red Wings fan, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh... 
So yeah, those, but that, the Oilers and the Ducks have been my two biggest surprises. I figured the Ducks would be better because they're in that. We've talked about this before. They're a year ahead of where we are. Last year was an un, was an unexpectedly bad year for them, but they are a year ahead of where we are. Uh, that so, ride was going to get really intense here in the next couple of years. Yes, it yes it will. Brutal. That's going to be fun to look forward to. But uh, Haynes, what has been your two biggest surprises of the season? Wow, it has been. Um, I, honestly, I have a couple of big surprises. The the first one I want to say is not really just a single team surprise. It's been kind of thing. The Atlantic Division this year has been pretty. This is not really a surprise. I just want to throw this out. The Atlanta Division's been pretty big this year. I mean, it, everybody, for the most part, besides, honestly, you know, like the Bruins, who've been on a tear. I mean, most of the Atlantic is pretty close. I mean, and you're looking at, like, Florida all the way down to Ottawa being separated by nine points. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough division this year. Those side, my two biggest biggest surprises this year have been the Flyers. The fl- being at second right now in the Metro with 23 points. The Devils are all the way down to second to last in the Metro at 9-9-1. Nine, nine, and one. The Flyers being second in the Metro, I mean, bravo to them. I mean, this is a team that coming in the season, I mean, they have a lot of spots made up by a lot of AHL guys and, you know, minor, minor roster signings. I mean, bravo to them. Washington up there as well. Great for those guys. Um Another big surprise, or obviously I'm going to be the guy, same guy to throw it out there. Both of these teams actually surprised me. Minnesota has struggled mightily this year at five, nine, and four. They have struggled mightily this year. And then, honestly, Edmonton. I mean, we, we, I mean, we're, I mean, the Ducks, honestly, you, I'll let you get the Ducks. The Ducks have been great. They've been slumping a little bit recently, but they've been great. Edmonton. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, if you go back and look at like early season projections from, you know, over like 30 different NHL writers, Edmonton was the overall uh, was the overall consensus pick to win the uh, the Pacific Division this year. Right now, they have thirteen points in nineteen games. Um, the first place team in that division has thirty. They would need to go on a serious tear to even get a sniff of back of getting into that condition right now. Considering that Vancouver's on a run, Los Angeles on a run, Vancouver is having an, an amazing season. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 a surprise. I mean that is one that we is going to we as a pod and we as fans are going to be following going to the trade deadline. What do you do? Do you blow it up and finally admit it's time to blow it up again, or 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 is Drysdale McDavid going to personally come out themselves and say we want out? I mean it, it's going to be a situation to watch all year. Well, if I want, I want to expand on this because of how perfect of a fit he would be, given our issues. If it cost us, if it cost us, let's say, Connor Geeky, Dmitry Simashev, uh, Nick Schmaltz, and several firsts, would you trade that for Leon Dreisaitl? Yes. 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 He's also a German player, but yes. That's a yes. steep price to pay. That is a very yes. steep price to pay. Yeah, but so are Maseratis. But you know, hey, you got a Maserati. I would. But man, would he not look mm-hmm. good? Would he not look good? Let's say he centers the first line between Keller and add some meat on that line, Kraus. Oh, would that not look good? 
I'm drooling. I like that. Then you have a second line of Cooley, Gunther, and whoever. Yeah. But enough daydreaming. Uh, Chase, I believe it is your turn, my man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, man, I mean, um, with the amount of firepower the Oilers have, obviously, um, to see them sitting that far below 500 almost, you know, I, if you would have told me that, uh, shoot how long ago was it like a week or maybe 10 days ago that they played the sharks and it was like the battle of the bottom there for a little bit there i mean yeah. i know it's still early in the season but holy crap did i not expect that one um that's just insanity um i mean even even with defensive and goaltending woes and stuff like that you figure that those uh high-end talent guys up front or you know can overcome a lot of those like they have pretty much their entire careers of being together up there in Edmonton. Um, it's just, it's, it's shocking to say the least. Um, I agree with Haynes though. The Atlantic is a really interesting division. Um, the worst team, Ottawa is eight and eight playing 500 hockey. And so, I mean, that that's, that's pretty crazy. I know Buffalo, who was it that just got hurt? Was it Tage? I think he went to IR, so that's going to be a you know struggle for them. But um, yeah, Philly was another one that I picked probably to be at the bottom of their division, and you know they're just winning. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the one thing that I've got my eyes on though, I mean I'm moving forward is is Edmonton. Um, you know, there's. I mean, they they made the run to the Western Conference Finals was last year, or the year before, but um, you, you've it's been brewing up there for a while that McDavid is getting was getting frustrated and stuff like that, and um, you know all all that stuff, and you know having them get rid of the coach, you know this this early in the season, and um, <clears throat> having McDavid come out and say that you know the coach did not absolutely did not lose the room. Um, is interesting and it's going to be interesting to see unfold. Um, even though I think the coach that they brought in coached him before, like when he was coming up, right? I, th- I think. Yeah, juniors. So, he coached him in Erie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's you know something to hope maybe tips the scales back in Edmonton's favor, but um, just kind of shocking to see uh, you know McDavid be so shocked at you know, the firing and stuff like that. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got. That's it for me too. So I think we're ready to move on and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, shit, actually it looks like, uh, I'm doing my math right here in hands. Feel free to correct me here. Ready for my question of the week. Yes, we are. Okay. Perfect. Well, made it a simple one since it is our first pod in a while. Um, I'm going to do, uh, I'm adding the question, or I'm adding a caveat to the question, excuse me. I want you guys to tell me, since it was Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all that stuff, tell me what about the Coyotes team you're thankful for. And you cannot say the podcast or your friends made on the podcast <laughs> because that's too sappy. Nice try, though. 
so tell me something. And it, it could be this year, this season. It could be a previous season. Just something the Coyotes have done for you. Uh, personally in your life. Just give me something like that. Something you're thankful for. Whether it be something small, big, whatever it is. I can go. If you I'm, guys. I'm personally thankful for... I mean, it's frustrating in the experiences it's been. It's also been my passion for years. This has been my my this has been my rock almost. It's got me through some really tough times and, and hopefully we'll continue to do so. Uh the coyotes. Yeah. I mean, they're my biggest love when it comes to sports. I've taken it up here with me to Minnesota. I wear coyote stuff all the time to work. Uh, yeah, it's just this team has left an un- undeniable mark on me, and it will never be leaving. What about the rest of you boys? I can go. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that, Grandy. Uh, definitely, it's, you know... Um, I, I love all Arizona sports, uh, the, the professional sports and stuff like that. But the Coyotes are are definitely you know my favorite. So um, definitely kind of echo that, man. Um, but as far as uh, you know, what I'm thankful for um, currently, I'm I'm thankful that we have finally seemed to have found an owner that um, just continues to. Uh, you know, drill down the path of uh, trying to get us a permanent home, uh, a permanent arena. Um, you know, there's been several people that come in and and promise that they're going to find one, and you know, just never comes to fruition and stuff like that. Um, this new ownership group has, um, you know, obviously uh, been dealt some blows as far as uh, proposed arena sites. Um, and we just continue to keep trucking on. Um, I believe that at some point here in the near future, we should get an update again, um, uh, from what I've seen online and, and stuff like that and the rumblings, but, uh, yeah, just, just happy to see that hopefully my coyotes are going to be having a home at some point in the near future that they can call their own. Um, I haven't experienced mullet arena yet, even though, you know, Tyler has, and I hear it's a great atmosphere and stuff. It's just not sustainable long-term have to have our own place and, and stuff like that. So, um, but I, I feel like, um, you know, the ownership group is this ownership group is going to be the one that finally gets that goal over the finish line. And, uh, you know, can't wait to hear what's next as far as, uh, that front goes. So, um the last thing that i ever want to see is my team leave um so uh as long as we keep moving in the direction of getting a permanent home i'll be happy and uh you know we'll be celebrating once we finally start breaking ground on the on the new place um but uh yeah that's what i'm thankful for right now is just that ownership seems to be 100 percent committed to you know keeping hockey in the desert and the valley over here so hence since you were the writer of this great episode, potentially, see how the critics react. Do you want to go or want me to go? I'll let you go. I'll, I'll close it out. Okay. All right. I would echo the sentiment of the boys, and I'm sure Haynes as well. Uh, Timos means a lot to me. 
Uh, I could root for them when I couldn't root for myself. Uh, and like them, I, I think that we are a lot alike. I've had a lot of missed turns, a lot of mistakes, a lot of, whoops, that's a bump in the road, or that was a wrong turn. But we both have never quit on ourselves, the Valley, uh, anything like that. So I do, you know, big team. Like I said, I love Chelsea. I love the D-backs, uh, the Suns. Nothing compares to the love I have for the Coyotes. Nothing. Not even close. It's uh, it's insane. Probably unhealthy. I'm sure my therapist will not be happy. Um, but definitely my favorite team in the entire world. Probably a lot of great things. Thankful they're still here. I'm thankful for Mullet. You know, I think Mullet will be looked upon when we do get the new arena as a very, very awesome experience. I think we remember fondly. I think it is one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. Um, yeah, just fantastic. I mean, this team has done this ownership really gives me a lot of hope. Uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with. So, Haynes, close it out. Yeah, I mean, wow, y'all, y'all, y'all left me there with uh with some <laughs> good words to fall there. First off, I, before I go, I do want to say because Grandy will get a kick out of this. Grandy, as you were talking, I saw Craig Morgan's tweet that says memo to Logan Cooley. Shoot the puck. Um, uh, besides that, um, we call that too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> besides that, um, I mean, I'll go off y'all first off. I mean, I'm in the furthest situation away from Arizona. I mean, when I tell people I'm Kai's fans, I mean, you would almost think I, I actually had a run in last night with someone when I was out shopping that saw my Coyote shirts, wearing my Shane Dunn retirement shirt, and he said, "You're a Coyotes fan." He said, "Are you that on purpose?" I said, "Yes," and he said, "Why?" I said. Well, I said some things that weren't maybe the nicest things. I said because it's my choice and I can be a fan. I want to be a fan of. So, but I mean, it, it is weird. I mean, when people hear that, people always think you got to have some tie there. I don't really have tie to that area, but I have the same love for that team as y'all did. And you know, I would never in a million years wish on anybody. I feel for the Oakland Athletics losing the Oakland Athletics. I would not wish on anybody to lose their team. I mean, it, literally, that has got to be the most gut-wrenching thing to lose your franchise. I really feel for teams that have to go through that kind of stuff. So why fans would love to watch Kais fans suffer and lose their team, I generally don't understand that. Why would you want to see a, a fan base lose their team? Um, the Kais have brought me so much joy, even though they have, may have not always been the best team. They have brought me joys when, at times, I don't have other joys. I'm a fan, I will gladly admit, I'm a fan of not so many great teams. I'm a Duke football fan. Duke has not exceptionally been the peak of greatness um, in their history. Um, South Carolina football, that has disappointed me more times than many. They'll probably be my pallbearers when I die so they can let me down again. Um, Carolina Panthers football, won't even get into that. I have not seen happy days since Cam Newton. Um, the Coyotes, even when they lose, the Coyotes always seem to be able to find the way to bring the smile out of me. And this is a team that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful they're in the Valley. Uh, for all the people that say they're going to move, they've been here for over 26 years. If they were going to move, they would have done it by now. Except it's not happening. It is not going to happen unless there is no legitimate way they can stay where they are. I'm sorry to break that to you. You can say I'm lying. It's not going to happen. There's too big of a market here. There's too big of a growth here that Bettman's going to let them leave. Um, besides that, I'm thankful for... I'm thankful for just the team we have. I'm thankful for what we're building here in Arizona. I mean, I just wrote an article recently. We have two great players, the next dynamic duo in Arizona, and Gunther and Josh Doan tearing it up right now in Tucson. I mean, these are two guys mixing with with the Shemeshev, with Geeky, with Butte, with, with Lamaru. I mean, 
we have such a great prospect pool that's just down the road in the horizon. I mean, just bear with it, Kais fans. I know we've had our tough times, but I mean, as you guys would all agree with, it's going to change. I promise you, those 2012 days, 2013, those times when the Kaiser man, those days are going to return. And they're not going to return for just three or four years. When this team gets to the level where these guys are ready, this is going to be a team that is going to be a one to reckon with in the Central Division. Just hang in there. But, I mean, I'm just, I'll be the cliche. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful I have the job I have to write at. I'm thankful for the fiance I have. I'm thankful for the, my health that I'm able to still play the game that I love of hockey. Thankful to come here and talk to you guys and be able to talk hockey with y'all and that y'all listen to me ramble on and talk hockey. Um, we don't know when we'll record again. We all have busy lives, but I'm thankful that I get this time here tonight and whenever we do get to here to sit here and talk with you guys. That means so much to sit here, laugh with you guys, catch up, talk hockey, even when the Coyotes are in the middle of a four-game losing streak. It's still fun to talk to you guys. So that's what I'm totally. thankful for. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, Haynes, at least you got a bright future ahead of you with one of your teams. I mean, the Carolina Panthers are almost a lock for the first overall pick, right? Uh, that belongs to the uh, Chicago Bears, yeah, courtesy it. of us oh, trading DJ uh, Moore to them for the first oh, overall pick. So, no, yeah, that, 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 that person belongs to the Chicago Bears. Oh, what a dagger. I just had, a, I had, I had to get that dagger. You were saying we were, uh, we were being too... We were being too mushy. I had to get it back to normal. <laughs> hey, I'll say this, though. You know, my Aggies are finally free of Jimbo Fisher. Yes, yeah, it cost you guys $77 have, uh... million. Dollars, <laughs> but, but you know what? We're free. And the, the chains are off. And I'm sure Aggie football will be good when I am 50. But you know what? <laughs> I hold out hope, right? Hey, the Coyotes might be up there with you at that point. Maybe, or hey, not the Coyotes, maybe the Gamecocks. By the time we're 50, maybe they'll both be running the SEC by that yeah. point. Sit on a rocking chairs, texting each other on some kind of weird mental Starlink device. Yeah. You see the game, Haynes? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Well, okay, boys. Let's get these guys home with the tears in their eyes. Jesus, that was, that was more impactful than I expected it to be. <laughs> um, but uh, if we wrap this up, boys, any, any last words before we let the folks go home? Wow, there's so much we didn't talk about. I'm so excited we got to record again soon because there's so much we didn't touch on. We haven't touched Definitely. on Butte's absolutely incredible year he's having in the KHL. We haven't talked oh, about Geeky's yeah. absolutely incredible year. It was meant we didn't get a chance to talk about it. We didn't get to talk about the boys in the AHL. Like, there's yep. still well. so much to be excited for with this team. Like... I'm almost hoping we're a seller at the trade deadline so we can call up these young guys and Oh yeah, there we go. And uh see more of the next wave. It's like, oh, it's so exciting. Even in the midst of a four game losing streak, even in the midst of depending on what your expectations were, this team is either not who we thought they were or who we thought they were. And they are who we thought they even were. With, yes, that's exactly what I was going for. But even with all that, there's still so much excitement, Coyotes fans. Like, be excited. I've seen way too much depression on Twitter lately. That just be excited. It's Take not the, the end of the world. 
Take the wins exactly. while you got them. This is yep. better than last year. Take the wins you got. Oh, if they yeah, play a close game, they lose. Take that as a win. Last year, they were losing these games in blowouts most nights. Most nights, I was yep. turning these games off. Oh, yeah. even, yep. even our wins, we couldn't feel good about because it felt like we were skating circles around 90% of the game, and we just got a few lucky bounces. Yeah. Yep. Wins, yeah, that's for sure. We, I'm feeling good about some of the losses we've had this year. We're not sitting here cheering for losses. Like, yep. this is an exciting time. Let's stop with doom and gloom. That's 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 what I really want to end this podcast on. Stop with doom and gloom. This is an exciting time, guys. Yep. And we'll be here to report it hopefully more often. Definitely record some more for you. We'll try and get back on that horse. So, hopefully, we'll see. I'm sure you guys all missed our opinions, especially mine. And my relocation of the Blue Jays will happen one day. I am set <laughs> on that stone, so. Already's right. got to go back up to Canada. <laughs> you know what? I mean, hey, uh, if, if your boy McDavid don't want to play there, why no, would you want to play in Canada? End it now. End it now <laughs> before you hurt us. All right, all right, all right. From all of us here, the Troop and Yotes, we'll see you in the future. Relocate the Blue Jays. <laughs>